Welcome back to the podcast, my primal friends. This is episode number two in a short series that myself and Mr. Darren Hendrick are doing on the Val Ravikant's tweet storm. This is a collection of tweets on Twitter called How to Get Rich Without Getting Lucky, where Naval shares with us a number of insights that he believes will help us on our journey towards financial freedom and success. If you haven't listened to episode one, I would highly advise that you go back and listen because we're going through these tweets in order, where myself and Darren are exploring what these tweets mean to us, how we interpret them personally, and how we could potentially apply them to our own lives. If you want to check out the tweet storm itself, have a look at the description attached to this podcast. Make sure you check out Darren's own podcast, Curious with Darren, on all podcast platforms. And most importantly, make sure you sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. I can't wait to share it with you. Welcome to our shared journey to find the answers to questions about health, wellness, nutrition, performance, life, and success, and to craft the most resilient, hardy, and happy humans you've ever seen. Welcome to the Primal Podcast. The Dazzler Hendrix. Hendrix, Hendrix. <laughs> I keep calling you the Dazzler lately. Do you like the Dazzler? Um, uh, you're not the only one, I don't oh, think. Okay, uh, cool. A lot of people do uh, refer to me as uh, the Dazzler, but generally when I'm in my uh, full-on party uh, mold, you know, <laughs> and I'm so it's not offensive to you anyway. Full on dazzling, <laughs> you're full on dazzling. Oh, it's not offensive, no. Okay, well, welcome, Dazzler Hendrick, back yeah. to the, the, the podcast two, Thanks, episode man. two of uh, How to Get Rich Without Getting Lucky, Getting Lucky, yeah, yeah the, the clickbaitiest title of the world. It so is for anybody who hasn't listened to the first episode, myself and Darren did. It's excellent. We've got amazing feedback, by the way. I was telling you before the, the podcast, yeah, amazing feedback. A lot of people listening. Um, re- I really enjoyed it. It was really, yeah. really interesting. So if you haven't listened to episode one, I would advise you to go back and listen to that one first and then come back to this episode. Uh, we're going to go for a little bit shorter this time. We're going to make these a bit more condensed because we've quite a few to get through going forward. Um, so we're going to aim for the hour mark. But yeah. look, might end up being here three hours later with the phone ringing off the hook. Um, but we'll dive back in where we left off. Definitely. Um, so... And I think it's also just worth saying because one thing I've found on reflection with the last podcast, it was information dense. Yes. And I think if you're going to go through that, maybe think about digesting it in 15 minute bites and actually, you know, listening to it and then pause and then taking time to process or think about what has been said, maybe go and do some research on some of the points because it is the kind of content that's definitely worth uh, your attention and involvement because it is so important to uh, life and can have a massive difference on your direction. I have found anyway from the information I've got from. Yeah, no, I think that's that's excellent advice, fair play. Um, And I think you're 100% right there. There is a lot of information. And as I explained in the first episode that we did, we're not experts on this. This is all based off Naval Ravikant's um, tweet storm, who arguably is an expert on this. And we're discovering this not that we're discovering it for the first time, but we're exploring this with you as you listen here now as well. So it is yeah. worth kind of uh, taking time to absorb it and even reading through the tweet, to- tweet storm yourself to get a visual kind of representation of what yeah. we're talking about here. And there's lots of people then who comment on these tweet storms and these threads and might give it more perspective and more uh, Absolutely. And look, I just, I just think uh, what you said there, we're not experts. Oh, Jesus. And, uh, the a furthest big, thing from. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I suppose the, the biggest thing that we're trying to achieve here is to have a conversation so we can uh, vocalize our thoughts or current thoughts on this um, and through vocalizing them and having a conversation 
will actually bring us new perspective and then ingrain and refine the thinking that we already have on it. So in many ways, it's a selfish act, you know, I think. Uh, but then also the added benefit that if people do choose to listen and they can get value, that's amazing because uh, financial education and I think our psychology around finance is something that needs to be uh, retaught or um, we need to uh, give some attention to. So. Very eloquently put. I like that. Yeah, and I say this all the time. Every podcast I do is selfish. I want to have these conversations. Yeah. I want to explore. And it seems that based on the feedback I'm getting, other people enjoy it and they learn from it too. So in what's becoming a tradition, would you mind popping on my, my, my fairy lights on that plant oh, yeah. before we start? Because I forgot to do it again. The dazzler has to put on, has to make a dazzle okay. in here. There's a little button down below there. You get the fairy lights on there. Right. Yeah. Deadly. Right, we're on. We're live. So yeah. let's dive in to the next tweet on our list. Yeah. Would you like to read it? Would you like me to read it? Um, you go ahead there in this one. I'll read this one. Um, you will get rich by giving society what it wants, but does not yet know how to get at scale. Mm. I'm interested in your interpretation of this because I am, I'm not really sure, to be honest. Okay. That's I have an idea, but I we kind of touched on it before. Yeah, yeah. I have an idea of what this means to me anyway. It might resonate with you. Uh, brings me to, and I'm not sure if Naval referenced this directly, but to Henry Ford's quote of, if I ask the people what they want, they tell me they wanted a faster horse. Yeah. So in a lot of cases, people who innovate, they're creating things, solutions, products, services that don't exist. And therefore, people aren't even aware that they might require them or need them, but mm. could, could potentially make our lives better. So what that means, the first part of that quote there means to me is that if you can come up with an idea for something that you know could potentially help people or solve a problem. It doesn't matter if they think they believe that it's, uh, or they know about it yet, or they believe it's valuable yet because they don't even understand it. And as you pointed out to me earlier on, many of these early adoptions or early um, inventions were laughed at yeah. or ridiculed Absolutely. when they were first uh, pr pr proposed and then became world-changing or society-changing yeah. um, revolutions. So uh, from the point of the automobile, um, so Henry Ford, uh, seeing this vision, he's seen a, a vision of having cars in society and how everyone would be able to get around more efficiently. But the people not only didn't know that they wanted that, but actually there was much adversity and controversy. It was controversial at the yeah, time. A lot of resistance. A lot of resistance. And um, when he first invented the, the car, um, people actually laughed at it. Yeah. So, like, general population, general society uh, thought it was just for the rich that uh, how are they going to actually implement it because there wasn't the infrastructure, there was no roads, there was no gas stations. So, what happens if you run out of gas? And it was laughed at, basically. Um, and I think at the time in America, there was something like 40 million horses. Um, so, just to think how far we've come in such a short period of time. And that is a perfect example of uh, seeing something that society wants but doesn't even know it wants. Yeah. You said they wanted faster horses. Yeah. And that was probably spoken about a lot, you know, uh, amongst communities, maybe when they had to do long uh, travels to different locations with the horses, it might take a week. Uh, and maybe that's something that they communicated, oh, if, we could, if the horse could go a bit faster or didn't have to sleep or we didn't have to rest. So that in many ways they were speaking about having a, a car or something like a car. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what's an example of that uh, in today's society. 
it's interesting you asked that question because I was thinking as you were speaking there, it's not directly related to innovation, but if you think about fixed mindset thinking or um, uh, what motivates a lot of people today is, for example, in the corporate world or the, the career world, more money. If I have more money, I'll be happier or better or more successful, level like that. And that can become a fixation. So all you want is more money. But if you actually ask somebody, what are you going to do with that money? How is it going to improve your life? A lot of people don't know. They don't mm. actually know. So bigger picture thinking, there might, it might be something else that they want, more connection, which probably in most cases is true, more connection or more respect or more authority or more um, contentment within themselves. So if you can provide an option for people that offers some of those solutions, it's not about the money anymore. But if you ask most people what they would like, what would make them happier, it's more money. Mm. That's a bit more of an obscure example there. Yeah, it's interesting Especially because we're talking about how to get rich without getting lucky. Yeah, but like I often find when someone says they'd love to win the lotto, because it is quite common that uh, I've only won the lotto, when you ask them what they would do with the money, uh, they kind of are stuck for words. Yeah, they, they might have really one outlandish thing that they would do, but then it's like, oh, what would you actually do after you get the money? Yeah. So it's not so much the the money maybe that people are striving for, but it's what that money would mean in terms of uh, having your independence, having your freedom, having your time, which in my opinion is the most important uh, asset or commodity that we have. Um, so it's claiming that back. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm just thinking like how have other people maybe looked at this and seen something that society didn't know they wanted. The internet's an example uh, of that. The internet is just going to yeah, say, yeah, the internet, electricity is an example. It's a bit of an, yeah. an older example. And crypto is definitely an example. 100%. Uh, and we haven't realized that as a general society yet. But, um, Everyone's anti-crypto at the moment. Yeah, because people just think, get rich, or oh, the market's down. But yeah, it's, it's dead. Crypto's it's dead. It's dead, but... It's kind of like looking at the internet and just thinking that, um, you know, all the internet is email. Um, yeah, and, uh, that's, like, a, that's what, a great way of putting it. Oh, it takes two days to send an email. Why would I send an email when I can just post a letter and it's probably going to get there faster? It's kind of similar thinking. Could you just clarify that what you mean? Because you explained it to me before about crypto and I was of the opinion it was just Bitcoin and that's what it was. But you explained to me how, you don't have to go into great detail, yeah, but yeah. just to give context to people, how it's used in so many different applications, this this blockchain technology. Yeah, so like people think Bitcoin and people think that it's about getting rich. Um, and yes, like generating money is one possibility. There's an opportunity there for that. Uh, but like Bitcoin essentially is just the first application that was built on this new innovative technology that's called blockchain technology. So you can think about it, uh, Facebook is an application on the internet. So the internet was, you know, the groundbreaking technology. And everyone in the tech scene at the time seen that this was going to have a substantial impact, a substantial impact on society. Uh, and then we had different applications. So Google was an application on the internet uh, that was a search engine that was innovative and user-friendly and had massive uh, positive impacts in getting more people to use the internet. Uh, YouTube would be an application. It's a, you know, a video uh, medium, if you will. Uh, Facebook's a social media platform. So you have thousands of different applications on the internet. So thinking that Bitcoin is crypto is kind of thinking, it's like thinking that Facebook is the internet. Okay. It's very com sense. very comparable when in fact that Bitcoin is an engineered monetary, monetary system uh, and that's just one of many applications that can be developed and has been developed on blockchain technology. Essentially, 
what blockchain technology is. It's a distributed ledger that records information that doesn't require a centralized authority um, and is fully transparent and immutable, which means you can't edit the information. So that technology can be applied to um, essentially a technical democracy uh, where all the decisions are fully transparent. It can be applied to storing information. So you see an application at the moment where um, we upload information now and it gets stored in a data center and the people who control the data center have access to our information. But what's happening on crypto is I can upload it to a crypto software. The information gets broken down into thousands of pieces stored on multiple computers around the world who all contribute to the network gets um, encrypted so no one can access it but the person who has the encryption code and anyone so say for example I wanted it to help with that network I'd volunteer on my computer space and I'd actually get rewarded I get paid to store that access so that's claiming your information back that's another example and there's many of these examples but essentially we're very early on in this journey um, but blockchain technology is going to impact probably every industry in society yeah you can imagine and if you asked people to bring it back to this example what they wanted they'd be like more security on the internet yes but you're like well here's a different way of doing it exactly like, no no I want more security on the internet I don't know what this is I don't trust it it's crazy it's all just money or digital money or something like that and you're like no 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 so absolutely I, I, I like the way you've explained that yeah and one of the biggest uh, I suppose concerns are statements I hear when talking about crypto is oh I don't understand that I'll never understand that I don't understand that and it's it's basically like thinking that you need to understand the complexity of the internet like how many people understand how the internet actually works um, it's like thinking that I need to understand computer science I need to understand the internet in order to go and use Facebook yeah, yeah, or to yeah, use yeah. YouTube that's not yeah. how it works <laughs> You go onto these platforms and everything happens in the background and there's an intuitive interface. Kind of interface that's been designed and that's going to be the exact same and is the exact same with crypto technology. You're not going to need to know about crypto. You're probably not even going to know that actually crypto or blockchain technology is running the software. But that's just going to be the case. Are there applications that, I mean, we're getting sidetracked by crypto yeah, right now, but yeah. are there applications that we might use currently that are running on blockchain technology that we maybe don't know about? So Brave Browser is a good example. Oh, very good. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, Brave, yeah. Brave, yeah. So Brave is a new and upcoming browser. It's created by a guy who is responsible for Mozilla Firefox and JavaScript. And uh, that is very heavily integrated with crypto. They have their own Brave token. So that's an, that's an example. You don't know you're using, yeah, or that's, that runs yeah. on a crypto network, or very the Brave is a its own uh, blockchain, which I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, and there's, there's more examples like that, and there will be. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a whole other discussion. Yeah. But I suppose to bring it back to the point, um, that's a great example of how people think at the moment that they don't need crypto and that uh, blockchain technology is not going to, like, you know, wh wh why is it relevant to their life? Yeah. Just like everybody before thought, why do I need electricity when I have candles? Yeah. Like, what's the point? They didn't see that actually electricity is going to be the future because it's going to help charge everything in their house from the microwave to the kettle to washing machine etc TV um, same with the uh, what's another example uh, cars mm -hmm. um, planes yeah well maybe planes are a bit different but so yeah we're not at that stage of crypto but in the future we will have applications and we will you know crypto will have such a major influence in society that we will be looking back being like whoa 
Yeah, there, yeah. there was before crypto and after crypto yeah. kind of mentality. Just like now there is before and after the internet. Yeah. Which is often talked about in our generation because we had a period of our lives where there was no internet. Yeah. So, um, yeah. There's actually another interesting example which we're doing right now, which is podcasting, which is a slightly different example, but most people were on the journey for shorter form, more digestible quick, hooking, engaging content, which still exists now, social media, for, for example, like reels and, and videos and stuff like that. And podcasting came along then and people were like, no no one's going to be interested in this long form, like two, three hour conversations. Yeah. And now it is literally one of the newer ways for people to explore ideas, for to develop brand, to develop depth to what they're trying to explain. And it's becoming viral and it's long form content which goes against the trend people think oh we don't we don't need this long form stuff like we had radio and traditional media and all that kind of stuff and but now we're people are listening to this long form yeah. content and they didn't know they wanted it until an opportunity is provided and that brings me to this the last bit of that point was at scale so he's talking about you'll get rich by giving society what it wants but doesn't know it how to get at scale because yeah. if you give one person something and it's not necessarily going to be financially viable for you if Henry Ford had to build a factory to make a car for one person but if you can solve a problem that many people want and you can do it at scale efficiently definitely it's a great way of yeah capitalizing financially on that yourself so for yeah go on yeah no sorry I just think like touching on Henry Ford there because not only did he innovate um, in terms of creating a car I'm pretty sure he innovated production in, lines. in production lines, yeah. which was massive. And yeah. that kind of is a scaling issue. So I think he was the first person to have a factory and have a production line where each person in the line was responsible for a particular uh, part of the production. So putting the door on or putting a different part on. And in doing that, he created efficiency and uh, that helped with the scaling issue and the yeah. demand issue in society at that time, which is uh, quite interesting. Did Naval was, talk about this? Because I feel like it's such a perfect example. He might have. Yeah. He might have. Probably I, I had did. To think, I had to think me and you come up with that. Because it is a great example because it's, yeah. it's the first part which is give people what they, they don't know yeah. that they want and the second part which is he developed yeah. a way to produce this at scale. Yeah. And social media platforms are a perfect example of yeah. like absolute scale and tech companies because, you know, you create something online or you do something on the internet um, you have access to the world or anybody that's on the internet in real time pretty yes. much. So uh, creating a piece of podcast, uh, podcast content or whatever kind of content or some kind of uh, software that solves a problem uh, yeah. is massively scalable. And you see this a lot with subscription-based apps. That's yes. why there's such a desire there because as a, an engineer or someone who has this idea, I go and put all the unfront, upfront energy into it, create it, and then I, the amount of people that can subscribe to it is essentially uh, limitless. Yes. Uh, as opposed to if I create a corner stop Corner shop. <laughs> yeah. um, you're you're limited by your your geography. You're limited by your yeah. position on the street, but the demographic that's local and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and I think we we touched on this potentially in the last one. He talks a lot about code or media. If you can develop skills in one of those two realms, you can take advantage of this idea of this this scalability on the internet. Because if you create yeah. a piece of content, like you've said, there's no real limit to how many people that could access. And the same with coding. If you develop coding skills, everything is going to be code-based when almost is now going Definitely. forward. So there's no real limit to the potential mm. you could have developing apps or developing software or getting involved in new technologies like crypto. So if you can leverage yeah. something like that. And he thinks that, scale. yeah, exactly. Yeah. He thinks that like yeah. uh, the businessmen in their future are, are programmers. Programmers, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think why that is, is um, programmers can 
developed a software, so say an online business that's a software, they can probably build it on blockchain technology and then create their own customizable AI to run the business. Yeah. And that's very forward, I think. Yeah. Probably not going to happen in the near future, but that's probably where it's going. Now, a lot of people might think, well, coding, like I can't code. It's a language. It's hard to get the grips with, but there's so many no-code tools out there and platforms that enable you to build software and programs that don't require that understanding. And Squarespace is an example of that. You don't need to understand HTML code to actually go and build a technical website. You have these websites that allow you to do it in a user-friendly way that's intuitive. Yeah, yeah. And as we progress, that's going to be more available in different applications and different software. So I don't think that um, the technical understanding there is going to be essential. No, and it's a great point because like I haven't built several websites over the last few years myself. I can't code. Yeah. Wix, Squarespace, even even um, WordPress and stuff have plugins where it's drag and drop stuff. Like, but the people who created that technology are benefiting from me buying that interface. Yeah. I don't have to know how to code. I pay these guys and they do it, but I can't do it myself. Mm. So they've given me a solution to a problem. My, in, the solution in my head was I have to learn how to code or pay someone to code. No, I don't. I can. I'm still paying someone to code technically, but yeah. now I can access these apps. I didn't even know this was. A, I didn't even think that this was potentially an option for me before. And they're like, yeah, now you can drag and drop your website. That's that's a great example because that's limitless for the person who designed the interface, like Squarespace. They've just created this interface. Now, obviously, they have an infrastructure behind that now to manage it and all that kind of stuff too, but um, very, very scalable. And I learned something about volume and scale with uh, the, the when I was involved in the, the pet business, the um, pet accessories business. And it very quickly became apparent that scaling is probably one of the biggest challenges a small business who sells a physical product will come across because your profit margins are very, very tight. So it all comes down to how many can you sell. And as your business grows, you have to sell more, which means you have to increase your overheads massively. Whereas something like Coder Media, you don't necessarily have to massively increase your overheads. Like there's creators and podcasters that are one-person teams doing millions in sales every single year through their content, their courses, their relationships and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's very it's an exciting time being able to leverage these platforms. It is. To, to create a different type of volume and scale. Um, even creating content, it's all about the volume you can produce now. So people are trying to figure out ways to create a lot of content in a short period of time. And if you can, again, code or have a an efficient process for creating media, it keeps coming back to these two things that are great examples. It, it's you remove a lot of the barriers yeah. that traditional business like your corner shop would come up against. Yeah, and media is so powerful and I do think we're moving in a direction where um, people want to connect with individuals. Yes. And we spoke about this a little bit um, and you see this, you know, we call them influencers or whatever, but... Um, You're an influencer now. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody has their own unique conditioning. Yeah. Everyone has their own unique uh, personalities and individuality. Um, so everyone has their own unique value to offer that is in alignment with their journey. And some people connect better to other people. So, you know, we'll meet someone who connects better with each of us that's on our wavelength that maybe is interested in their journey and their, what we have to offer. But everybody has that. You know, everyone has their people that align with them. Yeah. Um, so another way to kind of leverage scale is if you start, you know, you add the, the brand yeah, kind of thing. Personal brand stuff. You've yeah. got your personal brand and you've got your own unique value to offer, whatever that might be. Um, and then you get your 
true thousand fans or your true thousand people, you can actually create uh, revenue streams off them. That's genuine. Yeah. That people want to give you money. And you see this a lot on Twitter. Uh, you know, I follow a variety of people on Twitter that I find give me concise, informative information across different uh, industries. But uh, they all follow each other and they all support each other. Very good. It's not like this competitive yeah. uh, dynamic. It's actually, oh, you have a course now or you have something that I can sign up to um, or PDF or whatever it might be. I want to support you. Here's $15 or whatever yeah, it is or 15 good. euro. So I find that to be very intriguing and uh, I think it definitely is the way we're going. And that's a solution we didn't even know we wanted. It is. Bringing it back to this yeah, point again. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, I think there's good insight in that. Yeah. Any further yeah. thoughts on that point there? Uh, no, I'm happy. To, I'm happy with that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just, I suppose, there is lots of options there that people can explore for online yeah. initiatives and ways to upskill themselves that don't require an awful lot of time or at least there's a low barrier to entry where if you develop skills, you can get going and start building a portfolio or just, yeah. you know, improving yourself. That's actually a great point to, to finish this one on is that if you can allow your mind to open a little bit and not be restricted by, not be to blinkered by the what what the the um, the traditional message has been or how it has been up until this point or the conventional wisdom, if you can open your mind a little bit to what is potentially possible, there's probably tools out there that can help you achieve that, even if other people don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. If you can figure out those problems and solve problems for people that maybe they don't even know they have, yeah, there's gold in there. Definitely, there's and. Gold. What you'll often find is where the most hesitation or adversity is to a towards another technology is where the most potential for growth yeah. is. And as history has shown, new cutting edge technology such as blockchain um, that fo face the most resistance, you'll find the biggest opportunity. Yeah, And oftentimes you'll find people who are in them industries at the start uh, are people who end up being the wealthiest or build massive networks and yeah. uh, do quite well for themselves. Deadly. I love it, man. Great. I love it. Do, yeah, do you want to bring us on to the next one? Um, so pick an industry where you can play long-term games with long-term people. Um, I suppose we did touch on that, but uh, look, long-term games are essentially industries that are thriving and have a future, I think. Um, online companies um, some of what we touched on there and with long term people so that's in my opinion creating loyalty as opposed to numbers yeah so maybe an example is rather than having like 50,000 or 100,000 people in my network that just kind of are half involved or half interested I'd much prefer to have a community of a thousand or five hundred who I'm actively involved with, who it is actually a real sense of community and there's much more substance there. Yeah. Thoughts? Thoughts. Uh, I, I like that point. That's a great point. Thoughts. Uh, I think this point speaks to a very modern, well, maybe it's just a human um, phenomenon of instant gratification. 
get rich quick schemes, which is ironic because we're literally people who clicked on this podcast are like, oh, maybe it's a, maybe I can get rich by listening yeah. to the podcast. But it's not that. It's not that. And I think Naval clarifies that we talked about that. He knows the type yeah. is clickbaity, but he wants to give real value here. It is clickbaity. It's very, very, big, yeah. very, very clickbaity. But like, you got and it trigger, it triggers something in your brain. I remember when I seen it when he wrote, I was like, oh, yeah, because we, we want we want um, results. We want them now. We want instant gratification, especially now we're, we're actually training our brains to be more inclined towards instant gratification. We're messing with our dopamine systems and stuff. So it's very attractive to think that from minimal input and I think it comes back to like even a survival mechanism within us I want to put as little input in here to get it as most output I don't want to have to walk for a thousand days to kill a rabbit yeah energy, pr- uh, energy preservation. preservation that's if I can biologically kill, designed 100%. for yeah. if I can kill a mammoth and feed my family for the next six months and he's only around the corner fuck man sign me up for that yeah. but I don't have to go kill a rabbit every day like Jesus Christ Absolutely. so I think it, it's, it's a human thing to want this I don't think it's evil but I think like many of our primordial triggers they don't serve us very well anymore mm. so we have to be aware of them and I think get rich quick is one that pings everybody Ooh, I want to get rich I quick know. I want to win the lotto like every, I, I want that right now because yeah. it'll make me safe or happy or whatever it is and so, and what you'll find is and this I don't know it could be uh, hard to digest or you might think differently but my thoughts are that if you woke up tomorrow and you were rich and you just got to that point you have you just you got all the money. Yeah. I think you'd find that you'd be miserable quite quickly. And when you look at the data around people who do win the lotto, um It's not uh, very nice reading. It's not like I don't think like their lives become better, like they almost always become worse. Yeah, because they adapt to the money and then like their relationships change and you know, it's it's quite an intense um shift in reality yeah. for them to manage. It's like overnight success uh, as opposed to having to work for it and struggle for it. And look, I wake up on days I'm like, just, I want to be rich. Give me the money. <laughs> give me the money. Give me the freedom. Yeah. I want to be able to just do what I want to that level. But uh, you see time and time again, um, people who get to that point finally, they look back and they say, oh God, it was actually the journey that was yeah. the most amazing part. This sounds cliche, but I'm very, very convinced of this, especially because I'm on my own business journey and all right now as well. I'm very convinced of this. In order to achieve success at something, in this case, financial success, it requires a certain set of characteristics and skills that you must develop along the path in order to achieve the success. So in business, you must understand how to uh, build a product or service, how to uh, go through tough times, how to build good, strong relationships, how to um, listen and communicate and build all these different types of skills, manage money, you have to sort out your mindset around money. And so by the time you become successful, you've developed the skills it takes to manage success. If there's instant success, you've not developed any of those skills. So you're essentially a child and you're being given massive uh, reach and responsibility that you're not ready for. So it can either consume you or destroy you in some one way or another. We see this over and over and over again with overnight success kind of stories. So I'm a firm believer, like this, this, what this says to me is playing long-term games at long-term people is you want to be surrounded by people, as you mentioned earlier on, who are invested in you, who you trust and you get on with, um, who are going to help you learn the skills you need to learn and who you can by by um in turn give them some uh, value into their lives and you want to build and nurture these relationships so that when the success comes you have a good support network around you you have a good system around you oftentimes you can see when money gets involved in relationships especially if it's a get rich quick scheme or whatever like that it can completely distort and 
change the relationship. So by building, by focusing on building really strong relationships and thinking long term as opposed to what can I get right now, you're you're setting yourself up for success, for real success in yourself. Whereas if you ignore all those things and you want the thing right now, it's really attractive and we're wired to want it. But yeah. if we step back and actually be aware and have a bit of awareness around that, it's probably not going to be good for us. Um, and then the long-term games, uh, and again, it's an, what, I, what I'm trying to do at the moment, I consume a lot of content, a, a lot of stuff around uh, business and uh, personal growth and development. I'm really interested in it. But what I'm trying to do now is filter all of that and just take the main messages. And the same thing keeps coming out, especially from a business perspective. The same thing keeps coming out. The people who succeed are the people who can manage to do the simple things consistently for a long period of time. Everybody says, everybody who has this success, who's gotten there on this path, says this. It takes a willingness to commit yourself to the process. Most people don't have that willingness because we're always looking or chopping and changing, looking for the next best thing or trying to get ahead or whatever. If you have a willingness to say, right, this is my next 10 years. This is what I'm focusing on. And I'm just going to do this simple thing. I'm going to do it well. And as a result, I'm going to be a better person. And the byproduct mm. could be success. But if it's not, I will be a better person at the end of this 10 years. And you'll have the skills that and you've I, developed. And that's, yeah. You and have the a, discipline a and the persistence. And uh, then you can like apply that to another area. Yeah. And that's a long-term game for me. And you know, just the enjoyment of... It's going to be a little, a little bit closer down right there. The enjoyment and the satisfaction of just doing your own path, going your own path, walking your own exactly. route and like cultivating something that you genuinely want to do, not because you feel the pressure of society to do. Exactly. And that also means you can like work a job as you normally do um, and cultivate something on the side. Um, and I think you can uh, apply uh, behavioral change techniques and compounding to this process. So behavioral change in the sense that if it feels too intimidating at the start, just start really small, you know, five, 10 minutes a day, um, focusing on the project or the discipline or the learning that you're trying to achieve and just move steadily in that direction. Um, and then compounding is so powerful because uh, even 10 minutes a day, it won't progress in a linear line it will happen where it kind of goes steadily and then a really sharp turn upwards yeah it snowballs very fast and you can think about that compounding it's like creating an elastic band ball or creating a snowball actually creating the core of the snowball is quite challenging but then you create the core and you start rolling and it's a bit tricky but the more snow and the bigger it gets the easier it is to roll and then all of a sudden it just gets fucking massive <laughs> <laughs> and that what that's what compounding is yeah um, yeah no I, I like that and and I'm going to quote Alex Ramosi here not an exact quote because I'm brute with exact quotes but do you know are you familiar with Alex Ramosi? a little bit yeah I, I like him I like a lot of his messaging um but he talks about exactly what you've just explained there this compound effect and that most people do not have the patience for that so why I think Naval includes this in here it's a version of the same thing is that if you have the patience and consistency to be able to do that you'll develop all these skills you become a better person but the chances of you being successful are massive because you're putting yourself in the 1% or less than the 1% yeah. of people who are willing to do this work even when it's not um, it's not glorious there's no real fanfare uh, but 
all of a sudden, and you hear this, it takes um, 10 years to become an overnight success. All of a sudden, it turns the corner and you hit that upwards, upward curve on the graph and things to start work out for you. And people are like, oh, you're amazing. This has happened for you. Like, yeah. I've just put in fucking six or seven years of grind here. They don't see that. They don't see that. It's, yeah. the, it's that's the, the iceberg below the, the, the surface of the water. Um, so I, 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 this idea is really challenging, especially when you become a little bit older and you're starting this journey because you're like, another mm. 10 years do I have it but another 10 years like I'll be 43 44 and I'll still be young and I'll have 10 years of this work yeah. this consistent work behind me it's amazing and you're going to be 43 anyway I'm going to be 43 anyway <laughs> and I'd rather be 40, 43 44 looking back going Jesus I'm an animal and then I'm like what's the next 10 years going to be I'm yeah. be 54 like and gee the, the potential for growth there really excites me and when I have difficult times, difficult days, or where there's shit that I'm like, what the fuck is even the point in this? This post or this thing I'm doing here, this decision I'm making. And like, it happens. It's a part of it. All the time. It's a part of the process. All the time. And this is why people there's, stop. There's no void in it. Yeah, there's no void in it. So when, because like, that, that is why people stop. It is why people, so, I want to stop. So how do you, how do you overcome that? How do you cultivate or what are the skills for patience and discipline on that part? Um, you know, what are some outlets or skills that people can cultivate or my opinion thinking take it or leave it one is find somebody who is on the path who can help you and relate to your journey so accountability accountability and not even accountability a mentor who can who can tell you community the, the community they, yeah. they're a support network for you it's not the normal because like friends and family are amazing they give you great support but they have no context for what you're actually doing or going through it's incredible I couldn't do this with my friends and family like my support network is amazing but sometimes you need somebody who is in the same world as you, for example, business, for example, sport, for example, insert the area you're trying to work on here or the area you're trying to be successful in. And if you have somebody who's ahead of you, it doesn't mean they're right, but they can give you context for the mistakes they've made, for the things that they've done, the challenges they've come across and be like, okay, so this is just a thing that we have to do. It, this is just how it is. It's a process. And it's a process. And you become more comfortable with the process then because at the start, you do a thing, you don't get an immediate piece of feedback and you're like, the fuck is this? I'm not doing this thing anymore. But someone could say to you, no, 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 Dan, it was five years of me posting on social media before I got any connection with anybody else. It was it was two two years of me building my mailing list before anybody bought my product or service. So, and you're like, oh, okay. And this person is yeah. relatively successful in your eyes. So you're like, that, that gives me a lot of comfort. That's powerful. But also having someone that's on the same, you know, step in the road as you are on the journey. Yeah. Because on days that you're not feeling up to it, they, they, can, buy you. they can help you. Yeah. How do people find um, or find that community, find the mentors? You just got to go look. It's, this is a really uh, a terrible answer for people because uh, you just kind of got to go looking. Like for me, it fell in my lap almost, but it didn't, right? Because I, when I set Primal up, all I knew, I didn't have a great business plan. <laughs> Trust me. You took a leap, took a big leap. I took a big leap. Yeah. And all I knew was I'm going to create the environment where I increase my surface area for exposure to people who are doing amazing things. In the health world, in the business world, in the personal development world, I'm going to create a space that I meet loads of people. And by meeting loads of people, I'm going to open my mind and be willing to learn from everybody who comes in here, whether I agree or disagree with them. That was my MO at the start. Mm. And obviously, I built the business off the back of that model. But it's the same thing for me. Look, just like we said now, this is selfish for me because by me and you doing this, you're you're saying things and, and, and either agreeing or disagreeing with things that are making me think, okay, the next time I have a hard day or a tough day or something, I'm going to pull on this and this is going to help me get through that hard day. Um, and uh, you pick up things then. So 
through that process, I found people who could help, multiple people, you you included, yeah. who helped me on my journey now by giving me contacts, giving me guidance, giving me help with skills that I might not have, and by identifying areas where I'm wasting my time. Or And they give me all this data. I still have to make the decision to do the things. And I still have days where I'm like, mm. fuck this. But yeah. that's really powerful. And if you want another layer of accountability, you could potentially get a, bit, a mentor. Not, I keep saying business, but it applies to anything. Get a mentor on board. Um, who will hold you accountable. You pay these people money. You've got skin in the game. There's multiple ways. Of, Action is a, a company that do that. Yeah. It's like a accountability company that you can pay and like have someone check in on you and they help set up your calendar and tasks yeah. and get the ball rolling. And if you're listening to this and you're unsure... Um, Sorry, I just got to turn on to face your mouth a little yeah, bit more. Then. Yeah, all right. Oh, man. There you are now. Now we have it. Gotcha. So if you are listening and you're unsure on where to go, I think one simple uh, solution is like what you offer with the Primal community. Yes. It's coming into a community of people. It's available. Y- you are a part of this. You help um, facilitate and you're growing this. And that's a community of like-minded people that will align with you, that you can get value from, that you can interact with, and you'll be understood and um, influenced yeah. unconsciously and consciously uh, that will increase the probability of success for yourself um, from uh, a growth perspective and you cultivating the skills or going in the direction that you want to go in ultimately yeah. or at least figuring out the direction that you want to go in that could also help with that so shout out to the primal community I love the plug there <laughs> I love the plug yeah that's exactly what I try and do here I'm trying to facilitate and support other people who are trying to do a similar thing um, a great example is a personal trainer why do people hire personal trainers? Everybody knows. You can go on into the internet right now. Everybody knows sets and reps and you should eat healthier and you need more protein and you have to exercise this many times a week. Everybody knows that. But a personal trainer, number one, will hold you accountable. And number two, will tell you, here's your goal. And based on my experience in this industry with thousands and thousands of people, here is the most effective way for you achieving your goal. Here are the tools you are going to need. Here's the mistakes. Here's the challenges you're going to come up against and how to, how to surmount those challenges. So you have somebody there who's going to help you. You know how to do it all, but you need some structure, some guidance, some help. And in my in my, in my um, personal experience, I thought I knew a lot of this stuff. I'm like, I know all this. And people would say, you need to do this, 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 and this. I'm like, I know all this, but I wasn't doing it. And that was the key for me, I- implementation. And people yeah. can help you with implementation and accountability. Yeah. So um, I don't know how we got on to, on to that point. But And look, I think it's a great point because... I've faced that myself. I've put a lot of energy into understanding how to better implement and be persistent and disciplined. And it's helped me over the years, behavioral change, habit formation, just reading about discipline itself, will, um, and, you know, going to the gym, learning exercises, healthy eating, the nutrients that uh, impact my body, help me be more productive. But it's hard to understand how powerful it is to actually just pay someone um whether it's a personal trainer whether it's a business coach whether it's a mentor whatever it is just that psychological shift and dynamic that happens when you pay someone or when you're accountable to someone um it's so unconscious but it just is uh quite profound really profound in the impact that it can have uh, when you're doing a gym session and you have a trainer watching over you, how more involved you are and how yeah. more you care about it, you're engaged, and um, it can really be uh, make all the difference. Oh, it's, I think it's the key to it's been the key to my success, I suppose, 
it's it's and I think it's key to most people's success. Yeah. And to to round off that and potentially finish this point here, it doesn't necessarily just have to be a coach in the context of this um uh, point here, long-term people, if you're getting into business with somebody or developing, a, even if you're developing an intimate or romantic relationship with somebody, you need to be comfortable that that person is is the, the right type of person for you, that the right type of person that you want to have yourself surrounded by. They're going to help you improve yourself as a person and you could potentially help them improve as a person. Um, and there's this old cliche of you are the f- show me the five people you surround yourself with. Yeah. I'll show you who you are. But I don't think that it, I know it's a cliche. But, but the cliches I, are mostly they're they're, they're the cliches because they're true. Yeah, exactly. And um, that's I think quite accepted uh, and yeah. is evident definitely in my own life. Um, who you expose yourself to, uh, you are influenced by them. Yes, unconsciously in, in massive ways, down to how you think about certain topics, down to your opinions, your um, opinions, your ethics, your, your behaviors, your mannerisms. We all think we're very individualistic, but we are so influenced influenced by the people that we associate ourselves with. Absolutely. And if you're around people that have limiting beliefs around themselves, have negative kind of mannerisms or top patterns around society, etc., whatever it may be. Um, you're going to be influenced in that way. And you might not even realize how it's influencing your mind, but it absolutely does. Um, and that's why I think it's so important to align yourself with people who are where you want to be or where you want to be going. Or um, there's this saying that I love, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. And I love that saying because I don't want to be a know-it-all in, your, in the room. Like I already know everything that I say I want to be in a room where like I'm learning and people are provoking thinking or uh, I'm inspired by these people. And if it makes me feel a bit uh, inadequate or less, well, that's good. My, that's good. Yeah, yeah, it is actually good. Because like, you know, you need, need to be checked. Exactly. And I need to be in that discomfort and uh, there's tremendous value there. So, yeah, um, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Uh, to give to just to, I want to give one practical example. It just came to me while you're speaking there. Imagine you you're interested in blockchain technology or crypto, and you have two people who say let let's do something. And one guy is like, look, we could throw ten grand in here. We both a hundred grand by the end of the year. Or you have someone saying, look, I've really researched deeply into this blockchain technology. I think there's massive opportunity here for us to build a network and add some value, and potentially could end up being really lucrative for us. But it could take five to ten years. But we we're gonna really lean in and develop this. They're two totally different types of people. And if you align yourself with a 10 grand guy, you might make 100 grand a year, might make a million a year. But for me, while it's really attractive, there's no growth there. And that person is in the get quick, get rich quick mindset. And potentially that's going to be harmful in the long term. I'm not going to learn the skills I need, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas this guy has very clearly done his research. He wants to go deep. He wants to learn. He wants to build. He wants to add value. So you have a decision here for the next five to 10 years, what yeah. am I doing here? Am I going to throw 10 grand and hope for the best or am I going to invest myself? So I think when 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 Naval says this in terms of, I, I think the context he's speaking about is when you're making decisions about what you want to do, how you want to spend, invest your energy, time, money, whatever it is, make good decisions and then lean in. Definitely. And um, in them two examples, they both offer the possibility of uh, financial reward, which is appealing to all of us or yes. most of us, I would say. Um, but, there's two distinct differences, I think. And uh, one is like when it's just the money, that's the reward you can get. Yes. So you have the opportunity to make money. But the second option, there's much more available there than the financial reward. There's the um, access to network, people you're likely to meet um, that could be, become great friends, 
could become great um, people to align with for different opportunities that might open doors that you didn't even realize were there. Uh, learning opportunity and um, growth opportunity, skill development opportunity, yeah. uh, and uh, just experiential opportunity uh, in terms of maybe you might meet someone that might lead to a trip, it might meet going somewhere that's just an incredible opportunity. Uh, they're all... Um, they all deserve to be considered. Yeah. Well, I would say option one, there's a potential for gain and a huge potential for loss. Option two, there's still a potential for loss, but it is inevitable yes. you're going to gain. Because yeah. even if it fails, you develop skills, you can apply it to something else. Mm. And this is back to the consistency and the patience thing. It doesn't matter. If you're doing the right things consistently, stuff is going to happen. Yeah. It's not It's not the secret. It's not the fucking believe and you will achieve. If you're consistently doing the simple things well and your mind is in the right place, you cannot fail. You'll have setbacks and you have things you learn from, but you can't fail because you're going to learn so much. And as you said, you just increase your exposure to p- people and opportunities, which is amazing. Um, going to pop us on to the last point. We're pretty much on track here, time-wise. We? We're not doing fucking bad here. We've got Great. one more point to get through now. We've got about 15 or 20 minutes to do it. So um, It's going to be a long series, isn't it? <laughs> how many is in this? <laughs> I think it's like 30 points. Ah, no problem, man. Yeah, we can do yeah. 10 podcasts. We've easy, got easy. Exactly, yeah. we can. Well, what else are we going to do? <laughs> what else are we going to do? <laughs> Um, okay, so number three for this particular episode. The internet has massively broadened the possible space of careers. Most people haven't figured this out yet. Yeah. Can I jump in on this one? Go for it. Because this is something really common I hear. Technically, my business is internet-based because the content we create goes on the internet. Every single person who wants to start a podcast says the same thing, that it's saturated. I and know. At the start, I was like, oh my God, maybe it is. The more I look at this, it's actually incredible because 99% of people are consuming. There's less than 1% of people are actually creating valuable content online. Lots of people you might have heard of have tried a podcast here or there, but think about the people you know who are actually generating an income and, and building careers and real opportunities online. It's nobody. It's nobody at the moment, whereas we all have the opportunity to do it. So there's two ways to look at this. Number one, it can't be saturated because if you're creating value, there's going to be people who want to consume that value. Like it, it doesn't matter if everybody in the world has a podcast, seven billion podcasts, because we're not we're not all going to be listening to the same podcast. We're all going to be listening to other podcasts. And people who have podcasts, yeah, listen to each listen other's to other podcasts. podcasts. And like I said earlier, if you're in this um, industry and you have your own personal brand, you support each other. So it's not exactly. like you keep everything to yourself. It's that you are actively contributing. Exactly, yeah. So so the fact that uh, most people haven't figured this out yet, I would absolutely agree with that because everybody, it's a weird mindset thing. We know the internet exists. Therefore, we think we know every capability the internet potentially has. And this goes back to the first point we discussed here. Most people don't even know the things that are possible with the tools that we have at the moment, let alone the tools that are being developed. Yeah. So we don't know how this could benefit us. So a lot of outside the box thinking is required here. And you could potentially not even potentially, it's people doing it right now, build your entire career, your your financial freedom, everything from your box bedroom in your house. Yeah. From the rented room Absolutely. that you're living in now. Uh, potentially, I'm not yeah. saying you should quit your job and start the fucking blog, but I'm saying the potential is there for so much more than even five years ago because of the tools we have access to. Oh, we have more opportunity now than ever. Way more. Yeah. Way and more. You always hear that logic of, oh, it's saturated, same with blogging. You know, blogging, I think, is around 20... Is it blocking around? I couldn't tell you. Like 20 years or so, but that's always the logic. It's saturated, dropshipping, it's saturated, affiliate marketing, it's saturated. But if anything, it just might get a bit more competitive. You might need to educate yourself a little bit better. It might not happen as easily. 
just like when the first podcast came out, if there was only a thousand podcasts, you're obviously much more likely to get exposure as opposed to having 10,000 or 100,000. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you still can't grow. It just maybe means you need a bit more of uh, involvement in the process. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's 4 million podcasts at the moment, which people are like, oh my God, 4 million podcasts. There's 7 billion people on the planet. Yeah. So there's 4 million podcasts, which is nothing. And the vast majority of those aren't active podcasts. So they're not they're not releasing regularly. They're just, someone has started one and left it up there. So the numbers are tiny similar for social media I think I think it's like 97% of people who are on social media are consumers not creators so they're either just consuming or they're repurposing other people's content 3% of people are creating new content on social media so it's it's tiny the amount of people and most of those are corporations are supported by big money so it's very few independent people are leveraging these platforms properly mm. um, and we don't even know it's like he says here the internet has massively broadened the possible space of careers we don't even know what's possible at the moment here now yeah. which is really really exciting but it's a fixed mindset in my experience the only people who say that it's saturated I'll talk about the industry I know it's podcasting the only people who say that are people who haven't tried it yet or people who've tried and failed no one else says it it reminds me of uh, travelling yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you went to find yourself in India, did you? Or not even just so where that. Where have you been, pal? Yeah, I've been down yeah. to <laughs> Have you? But not, <laughs> not, not even just that. Like what you'll find is uh, when you tell people you're going to certain locations like Asia or India, oh, be careful going oh, over sorry, there. Yeah, sorry, be yeah. careful, be careful. But like most people who have concern or a hesitation have never traveled. Never traveled. And anyone who's traveled, they like, oh yeah, grand. Yeah. Like, you know, they get it. Yeah, it's perspective. Um, it is perspective. It is perspective. Um, where do you think we will be in five years in terms of the creator economy? Because um, I think the, the future is like, and there's a couple of people I follow who are very um, progressive and at the edge of this, like Dan Kyo is one guy. Dan Kyo is amazing. Yeah. So like I actually signed up to his course, Digital Economics. Did you? Yeah, I yeah. I his newsletter. I haven't signed up to anything yet. Yeah, and I'm in his mastermind group actually as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's very forward thinking. He's only young. He is very young and uh, I think he's based in Austin. Um, so he, uh, like digital economics, yeah. you know, that's the economics of uh, the future and these independent creators. Uh, and I think it's quite interesting. And, you know, I talk about uh, Irish society and how we're very hesitant and standing out or maybe having our uh, individuality on display publicly or whatever. Um, where do you think we will be in Irish society in three to five years. In how, Irish society? Yeah, yeah. How do you think it will progress? It'll be Dan Campion, who's uh, <laughs> the, the Dan Coe of Ireland. Um, <laughs> I think, I'm optimistic about this, right? And I wasn't, it didn't used to be optimistic because the trend with um, the, the stuff that we consume and all, all the stuff online was, in my uneducated eyes, very negative. Because it was, it was um, leaning towards really toxic, clickbaity, um, anger, div div division promoting content. And it still is. But I'm delighted you mentioned Dan Coe because there are people out there who are demonstrating to me by doing it. Because a lot of people talk about this. I talk about this a lot. But there's a few people that are actually doing this. Someone like Dan Coe has built a community online that's dedicated to leveraging all of the platforms that we moan and give out about that are terrible for us, like TikTok and Instagram and all YouTube and all these platforms. And he's using these platforms to provide massive value and if no one's familiar if you're not familiar with Dan Coe go check him out because even his newsletter blows my mind the amount of value and this guy's even young so you'd, you'd be forgiven for saying like what the fuck does he know he's only young 
but he has curated a huge amount of real value around personal development, business development, uh, uh, content development. And he's using the platforms that we currently have to to include us in that and and to add value to our lives. And my life has been improved and apparently your life has been improved by access to this. So that gives me great faith because that's what I'm trying to do and it's what you're trying to do. And he's showing that it's possible right now. So in three to five years time, Ireland, I love Ireland. I love Irish people. I love everything about Ireland. But we have a very, very... uh, a scarcity mindset. We do have a scarcity mindset in this country. We have have a little bit of begrudgery. And that's for good reason, maybe. For good reason. Yeah. yeah. Like There's conditioning. Conditioning. We actually <laughs> didn't have much. We didn't have much. There was a point that we actually had no food. And, 100%. So this yeah. is not a judgment from me. No, this no, it's an observation. observation. Yeah, I get it. We do have a scarcity mindset. I, I would have been guilty in the past, but we still do, of having a scarcity mindset. You want to protect what's yours. You want to hide. You want to almost pull people down who are doing too well or stepping outside the norm because that's it's uncomfortable for us. Mm, I wonder, is that like a hierarchical... Uh, Definitely there's an element of that. ...characteristic that we just have as well. Um, you have an innate desire to be at the top uh, yeah. of the hierarchy and if someone is on your level that's trying to ascend, that's a threat to your survival exactly. potentially. Or if someone's above you, the only way you can get there is by pulling them down yeah, or standing w- on someone Yeah, below. I wonder, is that in us? It's oh, definitely in us. Mm. I don't even question that anymore. And again, it's not a judgment call for me because I'm really interested in understanding where and why it comes from. And obviously we have a long history of reasons why we might yeah. have a certain type of mindset in this country. So it is it is definitely here. And there's a lot of um, banter and slagging and stuff for him. Like if you want to start a podcast or a YouTube channel, but there's an element of truth in that as well because a lot of people are challenged by you wanting to build a personal brand. Like, who the fuck are you to build a personal brand? Like, what the fuck is your man doing driving yeah. a fancy car down the road here? So there is a lot of begrudgery here that's built into our mindset. However, I take great solace in guys like Dan Coe, people like this who are, who are demonstrating that it's possible and we will follow because we're doing it right now. There's, I have a bunch of clients in with me who are doing it right now. I know you and a bunch of the people you've exposed me to, your friends and your peers who are doing it right now. They're learning how to use these tools and platforms in order to build personal brands or add value or build communities or educate people. Like my big thing is empowering people. So we're doing this right now. I want to empower myself, number one, uno, but by extension, empower other people and, and spread this message. So I'm very, very optimistic, but there's lots of challenges. And... Let me get my tinfoil hat on here for a sec. It doesn't serve the system to have individuals empowered. It doesn't serve any system really to have individuals empowered in the traditional sense of systems, hierarchies and stuff no. like that. So there's not going to be a huge amount of mainstream systemic support for people who want to do this. There's going to be resist a lot of resistance. Of course. And that mindset I mentioned is promoted sometimes and it's it's nurtured almost by the messaging we receive through traditional media and stuff like that. So there's a lot of challenges for people in Ireland, I suppose. Not like, Look, first world problems. We don't have the same challenges that a starving person in Africa has. But in terms of developing this type of a brand or a network or a community or influence, we do have challenges in this country, but I'm really optimistic. And the people I meet doing my job are amazing. Everybody, 
they, they want everyone comes in here and I, I was expecting a lot more people saying I want to be number one of the podcast charts or I want to make loads of money almost everybody I speak to wants to add value to their family or their friends or their community they want to help people there's so many consultations I do here where we both get emotional like emotional people start crying and I get emotional because this person's like I, I have help I can give I tell me teach yeah. me how to get it out there I'm like I can help you get this message out there let's do it let's build yeah. this so I'm really optimistic you know from the work you do your dances and dips and Wim Hof and festivals and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. There's hundreds and thousands of people out there who want to build community, to connect with each other, to create art, to express compassion and love. Genuine connection is Genuine a, it's connection. an innate human desire. Yeah. And uh, there's levels and depth of connection that we can access. And I think is really crucial to a healthy uh, sense of well-being. 100%. Yeah. So it's there. It's in us. It is. Does that answer your question? So that's what, so in three to five years time where I think this is, is I think my laptop just died so I don't even know what we're looking at anymore. Yeah. Uh, I think we are in a position where people like yourself, people like myself, people like the, the clients I just mentioned are actually having a much bigger impact. We're having an impact now but a much bigger impact and there's a lot more people following suit and doing the same thing. Like we're not trailblazer, trailblazers here by doing this. No. But Yeah, it's kind of like technology adoption so like the yes. uh, amount of time it takes for the first 10% of people to adopt the technology. So, you know, kind of pull uh, crypto in this again. But say, for example, crypto or the internet or whatever technology, uh, they follow this adoption curve. So the first um, 10%, the amount of time it takes for uh, that, I'm butchering these words. No, no, yeah. Let me go again, right? Go so, um, yeah, the, the amount of time it takes for... Uh, 10% of people to adopt a technology, it takes the same amount of time for the following 80 to 90% of people to oh, adopt. Okay, yeah. So I just think about that in terms of what we're talking about here. So at the moment, uh, we're probably less than 10% of people, we'll say Ireland and maybe globally, who are uh, shifting into this uh, digital economics mindset or uh, being a creator or a personal brand. Um, and we're moving along in this way. But maybe when we get past that 10% mark and we're hitting 20, 30%, we're going to see an accelerated growth where it just becomes a society where most people uh, operate in this way. And it's all about individual personal brands in some capacity. Uh, and we actually operate in a freelance society where we're just lending our skills, uh, whatever they may be. Uh, but we are our own kind of brand. Um, so that's... I would say I, I, I love that and yeah. I, I, that's really interesting stat as well and I'm again I'm going to pull it back because I like to use my own experience rather than just regurgitate things when I started my own podcast I remember people who I know saying to me what are you doing we have radio and stuff you're going to be competing with all these big radio stations and stuff I was like no no this is different this is like this is me with my message and my value and it's not tied to anything else like but we have radio like I don't get it and now they listen to all my podcasts yeah. and they get it and they've stopped consuming a lot of the other type of media. And Now, not it's not a positive or a negative thing. It's just an illustration of these people resisted at the start because they didn't understand. Mm. But once they understood, they were like, oh, this is really interesting. This is a different way yeah. for me to get information or consume consume content or whatever like that. It's funny, there's the same logic like, you know, podcasts. Why would I listen to a podcast when I have, I have radio. radio? Yeah, but it's a different thing. Yeah. You don't even know you, you, you don't even know you like this yet. Maybe you won't. There's still some people riding horses like, but it's not very not very many. No. Most yeah. people are, are driving cars. 
Um, so yeah, so it's 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 very interesting. That point is really interesting as well. Um, we, we don't even know the possibilities. And it links in nice. All these points, we said this before, link in nicely with each other. Yeah. Open your mind. Don't have a fixed mindset. Take the blinkers off. There's so many possibilities here. And the way I like to look at it is, if you have a mission or there's something inside you, like I said, I want to empower people. This all came from a health and wellness thing for me because I worked in, in, in the clinic and I wanted to help people get access to these amazing individuals that I met through the medical industry and the health industry that could help you. I wanted to help other people. Like, what's the best way for me to do this? And this tool came up and this tool was podcasting. Yeah. I wasn't like, oh, I want to start a podcast. What do I talk about? I had something I wanted to say and I, I knew I couldn't say it in a, a one minute Instagram video. I was like, how do I do this? Someone's going to have to invite me on the radio or do a documentary about me. I was like, who the fuck is going to do that? Yeah. No, I could start a podcast. And look at you now. And look, and look at me now. Find the computer. Look at me now. Uh, taking over. Taking over. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just have an open mind. And if you have something that you want to achieve, if you have a goal, if you have a clarity and awareness around it, we don't even know how these tools and this, this landscape, this digital landscape could facilitate us. And the chances are everything you need is there, accessible. It's not even expensive. Loads of this stuff is free. It's cheap mm. to get into this world. Just start. And I posted something the other day. I got a great response to this. I posted it the other day about um, it's all about it. And it was it was, was from Naval's book. Like just start and iterate. The It'll hardest get part. You'll get you'll be shit at the start. And that's the next point actually. But we'll get to that in the next. We'll episode. We'll get to that, man. I th- we are bang on the money here. Amazing. I think. I think we're fucking bang on. the I money. I didn't think we had it in. I had it in us to do an podcast. I believe. I believe. <laughs> and that's the that's the secret ingredient. <laughs> belief. Trust. Belief. Yeah. Belief and vision form reality. <laughs> Is that a quote, is it? No, just yeah. me saying it. Darren Hendrick, the Dazzler Hendrick. The Dazzler Hendrick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard it here first, guys. we got t-shirts printed with that written on it. That was lovely. What's yeah. the other one I, I keep quoting you on? Um, firm opinions loosely held. Strong opinions. Strong loose, opinions same, loosely held. Same thing. Strong opinions loosely held. Absolutely. You come out with some gold ones, man. Yeah, well, look, that one's not mine. That's not mine. Who's that one? Um, I first heard it off Muller. Shout out to Muller. Shout out to Muller. Yeah, yeah, strong opinions loosely held. I think he might have heard it somewhere or maybe come up with himself, but... Uh, yeah, it's a potent one. Yeah. Uh, one that I've definitely embodied or tried to embody. Oh, well, yeah, 100%. I, I, it made a massive impact on me because I try and think about it all the time now as well. So I have you to thank for that. Um, Mr. Hendrick, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been an honour. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Um, I think we kept that nice and nice and concise. We did. We got through three of those yep. points again. As I said, we're going to be doing many more of these to get through um, to get through the rest of this. For sure. And, and any questions from anyone, great point. please like uh, post them. Don't be shy if you are... Curious. <laughs> Go on, <laughs> give just, a plug. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, contact me on Instagram, contact Danny, email questions, because um, maybe you listen to this and there's parts you don't understand. You'd like, you know, uh, us to expand on. Like, I'm more than happy to answer questions. So, yeah, uh, feel free. Where can they reach you on Instagram? What's the handle? Uh, Darren.Hendrick. Darren.Hendrick. That's it. Not, they have got to change it to the Dazzler now. To the Dazzler, yeah. yeah. And you know where to find me at Primal Pro on Instagram, and you can email me as well. But uh, do you want to give the old podcast a bit of a shout out because you're you're in full fl- flight now? Yeah, yeah. So I I have my own podcast. Thanks, Danny. I appreciate that. It's um, Curious with Darren, uh, and essentially my podcast is uh, my ambition to uh, have a great conversations with a variety of people from all different backgrounds. Um, with a particular interest, I suppose, in entrepreneurship, mental health, well-being, uh, crypto and blockchain technology is something I want to discuss more, uh, music, and um, just really anything. I'll speak about pretty much all topics. So um, 
it's still early on and I'm excited to see where it goes. And you're so. only meant to do five and we've blown through that yes, now. Yes, yes, we have indeed. So thanks very much for helping me on this journey. Who the fuck do you think you are a podcast? <laughs> huh? Who do you think you are? Well, look, that was a big battle I had, man. It took me it a was. year. It took me a year just to come up, overcome the anxiety and yeah. doubt. And I really struggled and wrestled with that question of like, what? who do I think I am? And what am I actually, uh, you know, doing? What is my in, in, intention here? You know, is this... Uh, an ego uh, pursue? Am I trying to stroke my own vanity? Uh, what do I have to offer? Um, and how will I be viewed in society? These are things that I struggled with. Uh, it took me a while longer than I would have liked to overcome these. Not that that was the only thing happening in my life, but uh, it is a part of the process. And when I done the first couple of episodes, I was uh, so much doubt and was kind of like, God, I'll just get them out there, just get them out there. But it wasn't easy. And then it developed into uh, not only being comfortable in it, but being excited about what I can do in the future. And um, I think for me, I just love conversations. I love thought-provoking conversations. And I think the networking opportunity, the amazing people that I am meeting uh, in itself is 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 wonderful. So uh, anybody that is interested, get in touch with Danny. Uh, he's your man and um, just take the leap take the first step you can always open the door see what's inside and shut the door if you don't like what's in there you know chances are you're going to run head first through don't yeah, yeah, so. no, but fair play and I get treated to some absolutely beautiful live music on the podcast as well. <laughs> every time we're in here we've uh, we've another live acoustic show which is yeah. fucking amazing but seriously guys the podcast is excellent Curious with Darren appreciate it it's on all the platforms now uh, and you can find it links to uh, everywhere this this uh, podcast is up to. But Mr. Hendrick, thank you so much for another fantastic conversation. Thanks for having me, Danny. Uh, well done. That was excellent and provoked hot me anyway. Likewise, likewise. Yeah. It's always uh, thought provoking when we engage. So I appreciate it. And that's the point. I will see you in the next episode. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, another episode on the Val Ravikant's Tweet Storm. Thank you very much, Mr. Darren Hendrick, for sharing that with me. Really enjoyed the conversation as always. And thank you, you guys, for listening. Folks, if you would like to show your support for the podcast, all I would ask is you jump on whatever platform you are listening to this on right now and follow, like, or subscribe the podcast in whatever variety that platform allows. This really does help push the podcast out to more people who might find it interesting and if you know somebody who might find it interesting, don't be afraid to grab the link and shoot it on over. Every single share really helps push the podcast out to more people who could potentially find benefit and empower themselves. And that's what this is all about. Thank you once again for listening, and I will see you in the next episode. <laughs>